We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS Pregame Show. Here on Roto Grinders, I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, so you know what we do on Mondays. It's Mondays with McCool, James McCool, Pay Dirt DFS, the co author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Uh, we had Super Bowl yesterday. Did people do well in the Super Bowl? Did they get their their bonus money from the sports books or whatever props and promos and everything. Uh, I see you guys in the chat. Feel free to give me that thumbs up, type in whatever you want there. James, as, as the, as the old school people will show you, James, to all the nerds out there, the team that ran the ball more won. Yeah. I mean, he, they, they absolutely made sure to hit the 25 rushing attempts that you have to have to win the game right I mean, doesn't matter that they they only gain about a yard and a half per per carry no 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 i mean everybody was was clowning on sean McVay, who i have never said a bad thing about in my life i have never called him a fraud once ever not especially not yesterday everybody was clowning on him for for his uh his rushing acres up the middle on first and ten and on second and five and once on third and one in the fourth quarter while trailing, everybody's clowning on him, but he knew he was counting them up. He said, all right, there's 10, there's 16, there's 19. We're getting there. As soon as he hit 25, he was like, all right, Cooper cup time. Let's, uh, let's finish. Now, now we'll remember, right. We, it's all a setup. It's all the setup. We forget about Cooper cup for three quarters, right? Lull you into a set a false sense of security. And then it's cup time, right? And then th- that that's it. And then the Bengals, on the other hand, uh, when when the game is on the line, the person that you want with the ball, not T. Higgins, not Jamar Chase, not Joe Mixon even, but Samaji Pirine, right? Trying to gain a yard outside of field goal range with less than 40 seconds left. Like the first that. down, like the first down matters. I saw that rushing play. And I, I think I had an aneurysm. Like, I, I, I didn't know how to handle them with a rushing attempt for the first down with less than a minute left. I, I didn't know how to handle that. It, it was like, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor had pitched a pretty good game. He no, no, good. early in the, he had a third and 19 draw play. So, like, no, we can't. We have to. We, have to, can't, we can throw him under the bus. All he, he did some dumb stuff, but I think he had a better. I think he did a better job play calling than Sean McVay, without doubt. Like I, I think he did a lot better. Uh, granted, that game should not have been close. If OBJ is still in the game, it's a blowout. If T Higgins doesn't get if away, the with Rams the, just don't run the ball. The game's a blowout. If T Higgins doesn't get away with a face mask, a clear face mask. 
that turned his head on that 70 yard touchdown, it like it's a blowout. I mean, there's there's so many things that it's just like that game, the better team absolutely won. But give credit where it's due. Zach Taylor pitched a pretty good game. Sean McVay probably coached maybe that was maybe the worst run game plan that I've seen in uh, a long time. Um, but it was that the better team won. And I do think that it was an exciting game. And I do think that it, it was good. And uh, th- there were just so many things that were kind of head scratchers. And at the end with like the Rams final attempt to score where it's like, okay, here's a pass interference. Here's a holding call. Here's a holding call. Here's a helmet to helmet that like basically knocked Cooper cup unconscious on the first touchdown that he scored all of it was just like, I wish that they wouldn't have had that amount of flags and like that amount of well, how, how else are they going to rig the game? No, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. We all, we all know that because they're going to, they're going to rig the game to make sure that the Rams win, but don't cover. Hold on. Do you think the GPP bros had anything to do with that? Uh, the GPP bros? What? I mean, did the GPP bros have cup? Well, a couple of them did. Yeah, so yeah, obviously he was in the winning lineup. Maybe that, but he was chalky, fifty-two percent. I think the GPP bros, uh, you know, they somehow got the memo on Bryson Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So the GPP bros actually they struck a deal with not only the refs but with Sean McVay to hold Kendall Blanton out of the game so that it could be Bryce Hopkins' season. No, but but the GPP bros went way under on the on the Rams running backs. So Sean McVay, like, like he tried. Sean McVay tried to screw the GPP bros. He had to make right, it. Cam Akers. He had to try. He had to try to make it look like he wasn't working with GPP. Oh, he had to make it look like he wasn't working with them. Okay, yeah. I, but I, I have to get all these conspiracy theories. If you go into <laughs> Facebook happens. groups and to Reddit or whatever, there's always. Yeah, I always have to yeah. get the thing. The things aligned. I don't know. I don't know who's working for who. I don't know if this is the, coming down from the end, the league office or something. I mean, uh, the Bengals are probably in on in on it because obviously, if you if you rostered Jamar Chase yesterday, it's like like obviously, obviously that was a conspiracy against him, right? Well, like think think about what it would take for GPP Bros to really get paid out yesterday. And the only way that they truly get paid out yesterday is if some 1% owned, 2% owned person ends up doing really well. That's why Bryce Hopkins was the prize. That's why they worked with Sean McVay on him. It didn't, Cam Akers didn't matter. Jamar Chase didn't matter. It was the 2% owned Bryce Hopkins. Uh, Did the GPP bros that had Higgins a captain, were they conspiring with the referee? That's what I said. That's why I said. Or or are they conspiring with Jalen Ramsey or maybe Jalen Ramsey? You know, purposely. No, no, that was that was the rest. It made it look good. They had to make it look like the not plausible deniability. Absolutely, because he's supposed to be the best. Because because obviously the 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 wide receiver cornerback folks like you can't throw to Jalen Ramsey. It's impossible. You never in the history of DFS, you'd never play a wide receiver that's being covered by Jalen Ramsey ever. It doesn't matter when you see that cornerback matchup. That means you, that means it doesn't matter what the projection, it doesn't matter what their price is. It could be it could be Jerry Rice in his prime at minimum price. No, he's gonna see Jalen Ramsey coverage. You, you can't you can't play him. So you think you think maybe, maybe Ramsey's like, you know, like I don't want to look bad, right? But I have to give you this 80-yard touchdown. So why don't you kind of like tug on my face mask? Because the refs probably aren't gonna call it anyway. And then then I'll fall down and then you'll get it. And then and then and then we'll all split. We'll all split the, the hundred and sixty thousand chop. Like everyone in the game conspired. Like everyone, all the people on the rosters, right? Because there's like 50, 53 man rosters, and the coaching staffs, and the referees, and the league office. All the people that know. You have to bribe some people that know also. So yeah. we got a couple of hundred people just to split a one hundred and sixty thousand dollar chop. Yeah. In DraftKings DFS contest because. Because it's not like it's not like the Super Bowl. You know, it's not like you make much money for like playing in the Super Bowl or anything. No, not really. No, I mean it, it doesn't matter what what you really get for the GPP bros to rig this whole thing up. What they really got was a screenshot. 
so that they can show that they are truly GPP bros. That's all. Oh, so they're not getting the money. They're just getting a screen. It's not about the money. Dory. It's not. Well, it's about, it's about right click saving, right? Never been about the money. It's right. It's, it's about, about it's about it's about the are they going to turn it into an NFT? Absolutely. It's, a, it's all about being non fungible. Yeah. Yeah. But their tokens will be fungible. That's that is the issue. Oh, here. we have someone in the chat. Well, we have we have someone in the chat, James. Twelve pack abs in the chat is is making a confession. This this may this may rock Twitter today. This may rock. I, we have the scoop, guys. Twelve pack abs has colluded with seven hundred and fifty four others to take down the Yahoo Baller yesterday. He's part it? of the cabal. The seven hundred and fifty three people out there. That we don't know about. It's part of this cabal, but 12-pack abs. We found them. We, we got them. Bold of you to come out and just say that. Right. Just Very bold of you to come out and right. just say that. Right. The, the, to be fair, the Yahoo lineup was kind of brain-dead obvious. Like, <laughs> I, I saw, like, I think Dean was part, I think Dean is part of the cabal. Well, we've known that. Right. We've known that. I think Dean posted that he did, well, it was like $662. Like, it was stupid. <laughs> The the most duped lineup uh, I saw was duplicated three thousand eight hundred eighty eight times. Oh my god! On DraftKings, which means if you would have if that would have won if that was the nuts, the winners all would have gotten a little less than a thousand dollars. I think depending on I don't know what the other paid like all the way down the payout curve, but it, it comes out to like nine hundred and something dollars. So that once you entered that lineup. You you weren't in contention for a million. You're in contention. For your best case scenario is to win nine hundred bucks on your whatever fifteen dollar entry or whatever the hell it was. That's why you and I always talk so in depth about having unique lineups in showdown and in any GPP individually. I mean, anything where it comes down to these like very black and white, like you're either going to make a lot of money or you're gonna dupe with thousands of other people, like always side with the making a lot of money your ev is just destroyed if you make less than a thousand bucks last night we take a look okay we had in the the drafting contest uh cal spears by the way rotogrange's founder part part of the the gpp pro conspiracy theory that took down the the first the the first 10 spots possibly the leader probably possibly the leader yeah you're right but well, we wouldn't say that on this show, obviously. No, no, no. We're on road of grinders. We have to that's keep why, that on the down. So possibly. That's why I said right. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they they sold. They, they I mean, they sold their 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 interest. That they sold to Better Collective. Now Better Collective owns uh, Road of Grinders and the Action Network and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like they 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 have they have enough pull. They have enough pull to rig an entire Super Bowl game so that Cal Spears could could get a hundred sixty thousand dollars split, even though he's worth the. the Nine figures, I guess, a hundred million dollars. But you got, got to win, got to, got to win, got to win the showdown contest from DraftKings. Uh, but uh, that was tied, what, ten ways? And then there was another uh, train of train, if you want to call it a train, of it looks like twenty-two others below it. And then, then there's like five or six others. Yeah, okay, here we can see ten with this lineup, and there's the winning. There's the nut lineup. Uh, Higgins, Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Boyd, Hopkins, then uh, which spent forty nine thousand, so left a thousand on the table. Then underneath that, uh, twenty one copies of this lineup: Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Higgins, Rams defense, Bryce Hopkins. Uh, that's twenty one times left a thousand on the table. Then we have a lineup that was used five times, forty seven two, leaving twenty eight hundred on the table. So obviously, if this would have won, then it would have been a much, you know, you would have made what, like two hundred and fifty thousand or something with this mm-hmm. lineup if it would have won. And it's the same lineup, but with Coppock captain and not Higgins and Henderson in the lineup, uh, still with Bryson Hopkins in it. And then underneath here, we got an eighty-two lineup train. Okay, Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Higgins, McPherson, Hopkins. And then we got a 308 lineup train. And this is only in the, in the, look, the difference between this lineup and the top lineup is a point and a half. Mm-hmm. T. Higgins captain, but this has Burrow, Boyd, Hopkins, Stafford Cup. Uses all 50,000. That's why it's duped 308 times, right? This one used 49.6. Underneath there, there's a three, leaving 3,000 on the table. 
Unbelievable. Higgins, Captain Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Rams defense, Bryson Hopkins. Then we got Sassine, who has the sole 440th place lineup that still was only 1.8 points behind first. And that left 2,400 on the table with Higgins, a captain, Cup, Stafford, Mixon, McPherson, Hopkins. So, like, to me, the most plus EV lineup out of this entire bunch is that line. Yeah, absolutely. Right? This lineup and then this lineup that's only duplicated by three people. Right? And then maybe this lineup that's duplicated by five people. Like, those those, those were the – and then you got the one that won because it was still only duplicated by 10. If, yeah. if, I was, if I was making 150 lineups or something into this, which I didn't, uh, my goal would have been 10 or less. Yes. Yeah, that's what so, I was so, so the win, the win, right. So the winning lineup, uh, I think, is perfectly fine, right? But I would have, I would have avoided the plague like lineups that duplicated three hundred and eight times. I did not play yesterday um, because I just didn't play yesterday. I didn't um, feel like I just did. It got it got to the end, and I just didn't feel like it. I was just so tired. Um, I, I played MMA the night before. I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm done with DFS for today. I would have, I would have faded Chase. That was like one of the things that I that I told people to do. Or play T Higgins, which is good. I'd play Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. Good, good. Um, I would, I would have played OBJ and Brandon. He got injured. I mean, that you can't, you can't predict that. You got a touch. No. He was on his way to a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Was, yeah, he was doing great. Um, and I, I would have played OBJ and Kendall Blanton. Uh, yeah, Bland didn't do. I literally, Bland was uh, sat the second half. I he mean, got injured. I think he had a shoulder injury or something. Yeah, got. yeah, he got injured. So I, I, you know, just looking back at these things, like I don't think that there's any chance that I could have built the winning lineup with the way that I wanted to build because I know I would have used OBJ because the way that I wanted to go about things was a Rams onslaught. I wanted to do a five-one almost. I, I wanted to do like five-one with Higgins. Or I wanted to do like a four-two with with Higgins and Tyler Boyd. That that was a that was a thought that I had. I, I would have liked Boyd as well, but um, I, I wouldn't have gotten to to Hopkins. I, I would I would not have gotten on Hopkins at all. We looked at some exposure. Can we bring up these exposures? Do we have any? Okay, it's loading slow. It's coming in. Let's see, Bryson Hopkins. Where where was he? Going through, let's see. Oh, there's also splits it up by captain. Okay, hold on. Points, two. Captain, let's see. Bryson Hopkins. No, no, but I mean, for the for the most part, I mean, we take a look here. Squirrel Patrol at 8% Hopkins. For, I mean, just smattered in. I don't know who didn't play. I mean, some of these guys didn't even play, so it shows 0%. It's also loading really slow. Well, because it's a very large contest. There's like 9 million entries into it. Of course, it's looking slow. Right. But it seems like most of the GPP bros that we uh, that we study on a daily basis, uh, they, didn't get, they didn't get the memo. They're not part of the cabal. I mean, unless you're trying to hide it. I mean, when you only play like 8% Bryson Hopkins, it's like, you know, if it was like 100%, like that'd be way too obvious, right? And even if it was like 20%, that would be like someone knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At eight percent, you're still four hundred x the field in ownership, I and mean, that's that's a lot, right? That that's well, that's enough. That's enough for a conspiracy theory, right? That is absolutely. You can't make it obvious, Jordan. You can't make it obvious. That's one of the the main cardinal rules of being in the cabal is making it so people don't know that you're actually part of the cabal. Uh, but you know, you, what you do. James, it's either you make it, you can't make it obvious or you have to make it so obvious that no one would be that stupid to make it that obvious. Absolutely. Like Chipotle addict and Papa Gates, <laughs> like they're brothers and they use a very, uh, the same projection models. Like it's like, it's so obvious that they'll have very similar lineups. So when they have very similar lineups, like no one says anything. Yeah, people are like, oh, that, that, it can't be that obvious. Like, they Right, it can't be that obvious. obvious. Right, of course not. And yet here we it's are. One of the two, right? Those two are like you have you ever seen like a kung fu movie where like the the emperor, like the super bad guy, he has like defenders of his lair. And it's always these two twins that just like fight together and were born together and were raised to just fight that way. That's the Chipotle bros. 
They're just like, they're, they're part of the cabal. They're like the twins that hold like two different, the same spear, but they're different colors. And like, they do crazy flips and stuff. There's one good and one evil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. One, one has a good conscious. One has a bad conscious, but they're constantly at war with those consciences because they're the same person. So you can't tell on a given slate. You can't tell which one is good or evil. They flip back and forth. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the good one would, would never, whenever they duplicate lineups, that means the good one is prevailed. Whenever they don't duplicate lineups, that means the evil one is prevailed. If you want to look at it, you can consider the Chipotle bros as a representation of the duality of man. Really? <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get philosophical on this one. Let's let's just go straight down that rabbit hole. Uh, Derek Key in the chat says, uh, my salary range was 49,000 to 50,000. I was five and a half from first. Being five and a half points from first, you might as well have been at 17 trillion miles away from first. I mean, it also, showed. It. Also, I think uh, 49 to 50 was that, that you shouldn't have done that. That, I mean, like on a, on a slate like this, on a showdown like this, where you have to compete with 470,000 people and we have such a condensed ownership pool. So, we knew that Cooper Cup was going to be massively owned. We knew that Matthew Stafford was going to be massively owned. We knew that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, like these guys are all going to be massively owned, right? So when you're putting together lineups with such condensed ownership on specific players, if you spend your entire salary cap, it's very, very, very hard to be unique with your lineup. It's very, very hard to be duped less than like 50, 60, 100 times or whatever. Um just because of the way that people use optimizers and there's so many optimizers in the, in the industry nowadays and the pricing was actually pretty good for the Super Bowl. It, it was not super tight. So you did actually have to end up making some decisions if you were spending 49 to 50, whereas if you were fading one of Chase or fading Cup or fading Burrow or, you know, whatever, one of these like super high end guys, then you're going to come in under the salary cap because it's hard to spend all of it. So um, when it comes to showdown, it's not a hard and fast rule that you can't spend your entire salary cap. Of course, of course you can, if there's a unique way to do it, but, um, you really have to, if you're going to spend that much, which I, I don't think that you should have on this slate specifically on this showdown slate specifically, but if you were going to do that, you would have had to work really, really hard to make sure that you were getting super weird with like the sixth or fifth and sixth pieces of your lineup or fading super high on players or like something it, it just it, it was the the path of most resistance i think to spend the the 49k plus of the salary cap on this showdown site i mean even if you if you had that 308 train like the max the, the you if you would have won for if that was the nuts you would have weighed like eight thousand dollars yeah yeah oh my god but i don't mind eight thousand dollars it's like yeah but it's a it's a million to first contest mm-hmm. So if you're going to make a lineup that could only win $8,000, I can make a lineup that could win a million. I can make a lineup that win 500,000. So it's like, that's that, that I hate when people talk like that. It's like, like, yeah, but I don't, I don't mind, you know, like with, with a bet, like, oh, oh, there's a, I'm going to make a parlay, you know, eight leg parlay that, that gives, that has a 45% hold. It's like, yeah, but I don't mind putting down $1 to win 200. Yeah, but you should be winning 800 like that. that this is the, that's the you're describing the exact way that the more and more you, you do that. So for every time that you win, you can actually lose way more money than, than you do uh, over, over the over the course of time. So it's like, well, I don't mind eight thousand dollars. Do you? Do you yeah, know? but you shouldn't be paying, being getting, getting paid eight thousand dollars. You get, shouldn't be getting paid one hundred thousand plus for your fifteen dollar line. Daniel Hutchins in the in the FanDuel. I don't know what 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 one on FanDuel. He said he managed to grab one of the oh 150 winning FanDuel lines. So so nerdy tenor. He's part of the cabal, I guess. He's part of the GPP bros on on oh, FanDuel. Of course he is. So what one on what, what what was a cup was the cup captain lineups on FanDuel one or yeah, did, it was. Hold on, somebody won in in my Discord too. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I've read you. Okay, so you you have people in the cabal in your Discord. Well, of course I do. What do you think my Discord is? Right. Yeah, I know we have cabal people. Right. All, all, the, um, all, the, all the colluders. Right. How else do you? How else does three hundred eighty eight people win on Yahoo without them all colluding with each other? Of course. Oh, actually, he didn't take down the main one. I lied. He took down the okay. third. 
and his lineup was Cup, Stafford, Jefferson, Mixon, Boyd. So, well, Jefferson can't wouldn't have possibly no, no, that, that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been top. It had to have been something like Cup, Stafford, Higgins, Hopkins. Maybe not Hopkins because it's so soft over there. I don't know. We we need somebody to to tell us what the uh, what the winner was on FanDuel because I, I don't know because I don't play over on that site. So it's the worst. Someone posted in okay, in the live stream chat, which we don't use. Oh, Cup, Hopkins, Higgins, Mixon, Stafford. Hopkins, uh, is that the only way? I guess that was a salary thing. That yeah, that's why he ends up yeah eleven thousand two hundred. Yeah, okay. So Hopkins was in the FanDuel winning lineup also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cup captain, okay. I mean, he was the most obvious captain. I mean, like, to me, if, if anything, I, I would have been building lineups that didn't have cup and captain and left some money on the table. Because what was the cap? The captain ownership for cup, if we, I can't filter, but what's the point of filtering by team? There's only two teams. So cup would have been, what, 20, 23, 2? So where, where's Cup Captains? Where, where do I find that? I typically don't use I've, – I've never used Contest Dashboard for Showdown. What was the size of that contest? 470000 Yeah. Okay, Cooper Cup Captain, 22% owned in the captain spot. 22% Cooper Cup Captain, 10% Stafford Captain, 9% Higgins Captain, 9% Oda OBJ Captain, 8.9% Burrow Captain. Yeah, avoiding a twenty-two percent owned captain. Yeah, that that would that would have been my. But he got there at the end. I mean, I would have been fine until like the last play of the game, the last drive of the game. Yeah, it's like yay, yay! A fifty-two percent owned flex, twenty-two percent owned captain Cooper Cup is not going to be in the optimal lineup. I have a shot, and then boom! No, you don't. <laughs> okay, so if you. No, never mind. I did this for me. Daniel Hutchins says, I mean, when your contest has 792,858 entries in it and it only dupes 150 times, it still gets you 2,000 times your entry, which is great, but it's still, you have to admit that it's still negative EV. Mm, right? I don't know. That's not, it's not as plus EV. I'm trying to do the formula right now. I'm trying to do the formula. I, I still, that's. Does your does that lineup have a better than uh, two thousand and one chance of of winning? That would that I mean essentially that would be the that would be the yeah that's what I'm trying to and it would have to run that you would have to run that so that's what you have to do it in your sims in your algorithm your fancy system so nerd nerdy tech run how what is the probability of that lineup winning yeah two thousand to one may not be good enough odds. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. That, that's the point that I'm making. That that specific lineup, what is the probability based on whatever projections and everything that you ran all your lineups through, that that exact lineup, like how much, how, what percentage of the time does that lineup is the, is the nuts? And then you run and, and whatever that probability is, if it's worth a 2,000 to 1 payoff, then, then it's plus EV. That, that's really what it comes down to. Like, I don't mind the duplicate. I, like, it's not like, oh, you have to be unique at all costs. Like, on the MMA slate this uh, on, on Saturday, I played 150 lineups. I only had 24 uniques. But I had 100 and 107 under five dupes. And that's all I'm looking like. Like, if I could get under fives, that's fine with me. And especially on the slate that on MMA this past Saturday, it was a pay-per-view card, 14 fights, and there, there were tons of of very heavy favorites, like all these nine K fighters and everything. So it's like, it was hot. Underdogs were, were projected not to do very well, which means you're more likely going to see lineups that don't leave 3000 on the table winning, right? You're not going to see a four underdog lineup winning the GPPs. It's going to be mostly at most two underdogs, which means that these lineups are going to be more likely to be duped. Right, even with 14 fights. So, like I didn't mind. A lot of times I set my my salary indicator down low where I don't mind leaving three thousand on the table. And this past MMA slate, I cut it off at 49k. 
I said, I don't mind mixing in underdogs. Just there's enough, there's enough combinations that I can make that are under five dupes that I'll take that for a, what, 150 K to first type of type of thing. Yeah, fine. Give, give me, give me 50,000. Give me, you know, the 30,000, 30 to 50,000. I'm fine with that. But rather than make unique lineups that give me four underdogs, five under, you know, no one in the 9K range, because I just thought the, the probability of that being the winning lineup isn't worth even the, the, the unique payout uh, for, for that slate. That, that's, that's the main reason in MMA. I prefer the large cards where the highest favorite is only minus 200. Mm-hmm. Like when that then, because then people treat like the $92, $9,300 fighters who are like minus 195 and minus 200 as like, oh, they're the locks. It's like, right. no, no, no. On a pay-per-view card where the, the, where the $9,500 female was uh, minus 410, and then the, the next fighter is minus 400, and then the next fighter is minus 325, and then the next one is minus 285. It's like, like these guys have so much likelihood of scoring 100, 100 120 points. And there's like five of them that two are going to be successful and then you're going to need that yeah. type of thing. But on slates where the, the fights are very cl- much closer, I don't mind. Like I'll leave 3000 on the table. No problem on those types of slates. Even if I'm going to be duplicated more, but I just want to be duplicated under five. That's it. I'm just looking under five. And I'm for the, like I said, for this type of contest uh, on DraftKings, like under 10, under 20, maybe. But really the question comes down down to uh even with one lineup and if it's duplicated you know 15 and you get 15,000 right like that's a thousand to one does that does that lineup have a better than 0.0001 chance that specific lineup of coming in first yeah it could be i, I don't know I'm, I'm not saying that it is or it isn't i don't know yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to figure out unless you have a lineup, obviously. Um, and talking about MMA, by the, by the way, it happened again, James. It happened again, James. Someone that, that, that has been learning MMA from me <laughs> came in first with a, a, a two-dupe lineup, 105,000. <laughs> he, he DM'd me over the weekend and said, he's only been playing for six months. And he's listened to all my stuff and watched all the shows and started playing MMA since the slate that I won 100 play plus. And, uh, and yeah, so he won $105,000 and I didn't. You're killing the edge, dude. No, well, it's not like, uh, I wouldn't mind splitting with him. I'm not, I'm just not even having those. I didn't even make, I didn't even get that line. <laughs> right. And then Jamie won last week and he won solo. So I'm, I'm teaching people how to make the, Make unique lineups that I don't end up making also. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're killing the edge because now these, uh, these people who don't know how to play it are, are learning how to play it and, and that's your fault. So the but reason you don't have to you learn anything. Just, winning that hundred thousand dollars is because you've taught other people how to do it. Maybe, maybe James, maybe what I'm secretly doing out in the open and telling you about, uh, I'm making my own cabal. Well, I think you're on you mute. Call? What okay. would you call it? Uh, the Cooper cabal. <laughs> alliteration. What? I got to use alliteration or something. Yeah, absolutely do. Yeah, for right. sure. The Cooper cabal. Do we call it the cabal? The Cooper cabal, cabal collusion chat. The, right. The, the, triple C. The, the, the C triple C. There's too much going on here. The collu- Cooper collusion cabal. Yeah, the Cooper collusion cabal for sure. No, no the problem with the problem. See, see, the the internal structure of my cabal is is not is not really good because, like, I'm not getting any of the profit from any of the other cabal members. Like that isn't that the f- fundamental of collusion of like, like we're all in this together, so we split the money, and I I haven't gotten my cut yet. Yeah, the no idea, one's gotten their cut. Absolutely, the idea is to make sure that you uh you get your cut. But um, you're not getting your cut right now. So what are you even? Why are you doing it? No, I know technically. No, what, what? Technically, technically, me and you have already gotten our cut, probably. Yeah, we probably gotten our cut. You're right. Yeah, we got. We no, we didn't really get a cut. We got like more of a finder's fee. 
exactly. Not really a cut. We didn't get a cut of any any prizes or anything. But these two people probably likelihood bought the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass. Had to think like a professional DFS player, right? As all the chapters had to beat any any sport with daily fantasy game theory. Over time, obviously, you're not going to win every slate. Uh, has a whole bunch of chapters, 15 hours, me and James. If you like this show, I mean, it's you could watch 500 hours of the two years plus worth of this pregame show or get all the contents con- condensed into one little seminar-like format mm-hmm. by getting mm-hmm. uh, the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Theoryofdfs.com. And that's these two people, Brad, that, that's So we got a little, we got a little nibble. Right, so they won a hundred thousand dollars, and we got we got it. We got one hundred and twenty-five of it that that we get to split. Yeah, that would so. that would that yeah. And PayPal takes a little piece out of it, also. Yeah, and we also have to pay taxes, and so, then taxes. So we, each, we each get about like forty dollars, but that's close to a hundred thousand dollars if you think about money in terms of uh, the, well, in terms of terms of time. Yeah, I mean, like right. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think we're running the cabal very well. Do we got we got to charge more for this then? Yeah, we do. This is the entry into the cabal. <laughs> and Piercy's in the chat misspelling the cabal. He's spelling it the uh, he's spelling it the capital of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Kabul. Kabul. <laughs> cabal is C A B A L. Cabal. Trying to to build out a quick expected value formula here for a tournament so that we can express and like really show how far down you lose value on your ticket when you are able to split. Right. But it takes a little bit of time to build a full EV calculator for a GPP. <laughs> so uh, Daniel Hutchins is running a, a FanDuel sim based on the, the, the lineups or whatever. Okay. And the, the nouns, yeah, Cabal's K is C-A-B-A-L. Uh, synonyms are click faction, coterie, group, set, band, party, camp, gang, ring, cell, sect, caucus, league, confederacy, junta, pressure group, pressure group, push, junto, camarilla. What are we doing here? What's a coterie? What the hell does that mean? Where's that from? That's Middle German and French. Small group of people with shared interest or taste, especially one that is exclusive of other people. No, we want that secret, a secret political clicker faction, the cabal. So, yeah, the cabal seems right. A pressure group? Uh, a group that tries to influence public policy. We don't care about public policy. No, absolutely not. Other than the fact that we could we could all make the we could all make the same lineup and duplicate 700 million times for massive negative EV and still get called colluders. <laughs> don't you love to see that? When, 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 when several people have to say, oh, they have the same in GPP. Oh, that look at these six people. They're colluding. Like, great. Yeah, they're colluding to get le- the, the less less money. <laughs> right. It, it still blows the opposite, my You're mind. proving the opposite of that. It still blows my mind that people like think that way. And I wish that people would stop thinking that way because. Yeah, but that, that we make the money off the people that think that way, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. But right? well, people that think that way are typically bad DFS players. I am also in the business of trying to make people better DFS players. Don't make those people better. Well, I, I don't want make, them in the cabal. Don't I don't want them in. I need to make some people better. As it's long just, as they pay the finder's fee. Let them pay for the theory of DFS. That's fine. That, that's your entry point. Don't teach them otherwise. Oh, no. It's just annoying. It's annoying to, to have people who, like, can't just can't focus on, on the fact that when you are colluding, the point of colluding is to make it so that everybody that is together in the collusion can end up having a better outcome. So if that is the definition of collusion for this, right? Like, think about that. If anybody who believes in in the same lineup is colluding, think about this for me. If colluding is to make it so that the outcomes for everyone involved are better, why would colluding mean that people would want to be paid less? Yeah, but that's the problem. The people that, that think that's collusion don't understand expected value. So they think that six people sharing the top six spots in a GPP 
is them trying to hoard all the money. And not the fact that of that from an expected value standpoint, they're more likely to win more money by playing six different lineups. Right. Right. That's but that's the point. So how do you explain to someone that doesn't understand expected value? You can't. It just looked like, ah, it's all the same people. Right. Ah, it's all the same people with all the 78% owned NBA players and the chalkiest lineup imaginable. Right. Right. They all must be in a secret chat. And we're talking about GPPs here. Right. We're not even talking about like cash game double ups, head to heads. That's even more. That's just like, how, how come everyone that there's 700 people out on an NBA slate? Right. And it's like, why, why does everyone have the same lineup? And like, why, why is 78 people out of 100 have the same lineup? Right. But yeah. Because like, did you not get that lineup? If you didn't get that lineup for like a 50 50 or something, you might as well retire from DFS. Right. Like, you could, like, I, well, how is it possible? There's eight slots. It, like, like, dude, well, you're obviously playing this guy because he's 3,200 and he projects for 17 trillion today. Right. And then this other guy's. 3,800. And he, you know what he projects for? 900 billion, right? And then, and then you have this guy at center who's going to play 800 minutes and he's minimum price. And so it's like, okay, you got to play that. And then it's like, okay, now you have the money. Who's the three most expensive players on the slate? Well, you can play them because they had the most raw points, right? Giannis, Yaluka, whatever. You th- th- how did you not get that? There you go. Like, how, did you, like how, did, how do you not get that? Even without projections, how do you not get that? The 11 billion, the 11 billion projected guys are in the, uh, oh, I, I can't believe they, how did they know that $3,200, whatever G League or whatever was going to put up 46 points? It's like, because that team only had like seven players active and he was going to play 700 minutes, right? He was just going to play everything, right? Like, how do you, how do you not know that? I And, and it comes down to this, this thought that like, I, I just think that people like that just don't subscribe to enough info right like if you listen to anybody who has any projection system worth their salt they'll be able to tell you likely what the what the computers i'm not going to trust a computer to tell me who to play james Ugh. i know i know basketball i know you do what I computer i don't let i'm not going to let a computer tell me what to play what how does the computer know about jimmy butler's defense so annoying uh, Daniel says that uh, his sim, he ran the F, the Fandle sim, that the winning Fandle lineup was actually under-owned at 150 dupes. Okay. Based on his sim. I mean, but, uh, he's, re- he's readily to admit that, he's readily to admit that, yeah, who knows? That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but. In a contest that size, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, also, remember, the Fandle uh, GPP is like twice as big as the DraftKings one. Right, it's twice like as big. Seven hundred and fifty thousand entries or something. And it's easier to build. You should never play showdown on Fanduel. Right. Also, and also the entry fee is, is lower. Yeah, all all of those things. It doesn't surprise right. me that one hundred and fifty is underwhelmed. Right. <clears throat> and then Daniel says well, it's even simpler. The our collusion cabal. Why collude when you could just enter the same lineup twice? Did you see that? You see the soul. You see that, James. You see the cabals made of one, right? People that enter 150 of the same lineup, right? Those trains. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like Snowpiercer. You just take the trains. Just take the trains, dude. Right. It's just they use the trains and they don't need they don't need 149 other people. Of course not. They're cabal. They'll do it all themselves. Uh, so do you, do you think the MLB season is gonna happen? What? Are you excited for MLB? Do you think the MLB season is going to happen? I don't think it'll start on time, no. You don't think so? so. No. I mean, should this shouldn't pitchers and catchers be reporting this week? Uh, yeah, I think it's at the end of the week. Right. They, they ain't reporting. They, they, they ain't open. That sucks, man. I, I do really want the baseball season to start on time. I mean, of course I do. You and I both, we we love baseball, so it doesn't. No, no, it's I, I, no, I, I think that's, a, I don't love baseball. It's just I prefer to NBA. Okay, sure, sure. I I love baseball. I really like building models for baseball. Oh, but I don't build. I I I like being able to build lineups at 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 six thirty seven o'clock at night and then not have to really worry about it right. for the rest of the night. Yeah, right. That that that's what I like. Like I don't I don't mind the Mariners. Oh, Mitch Hanniger's out, and I got to swap someone. 
mm-hmm. now or uh, every once in a while, right? I don't, okay, I'll deal with that. But do I want a late season NBA versus MLB in April? I'll, I'll, I'll take baseball. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with that. It, it's like, uh, I, I just, I want baseball. So. I, I like baseball because I like the way that it gets built out. And actually, it's, I, hockey is, is a lot like it. I, I have really enjoyed building models for hockey. I've really enjoyed um, setting things up and doing kind of different things. And I, it actually gave me a couple ideas for MLB as well. Built out uh, some like GPP upside projections the other day, which is a lot of fun. Um, normalized against six goals scored. So I'm going to try something like that for baseball too. But um, just I, I'm just tired of – I mean, NBA – Aside from light swap stuff, because I had Javante Green in my lineup two nights ago, and he got ruled out after lock, and I was in, I was busy doing something. But uh, outside of light swap things, like it's just so much more enjoyable, I think, for me to build for baseball because it makes more sense. I feel like I have more control over building a good or a bad lineup. I, I was talking to a to a coaching client the other day about that and how baseball and hockey and League of Legends stuff like that. Like when you build a lineup for any of those correlation-based sports and you can look at it and you can say, this is a good lineup. I think it's easier to identify good lineups in correlation-based sports rather than NBA. Right. 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 You're, you're not, you're not, you're not excited tonight for Quentin Grimes chalk night. No, absolutely. Never. No. Is Quentin Grimes 3K, Patty Mills, when Patty Mills is chalk, you got to play, right? Well, no, not lately. Lately it's been Cam Thomas that you should play, but it, it's like for, for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, but when I look at an NBA lineup, I can tell a good I can tell a good lineup from a bad lineup in NBA, but for me, it's sometimes hard for me to see a great NBA lineup from a good NBA lineup. I think that's no, no, I would I would I would I would absolutely agree with that. I think it's I think it's very easy to make good NBA lineups. Yeah. I, I and, think, and the difference between a good one and a great that. one, I don't think there's that dramatic of a difference, but there's so many ways that you have to agree with me on this, James. Mm-hmm. There are there are way more ways to make bad NBA lineups than make bad MLB lineups. Sure, yeah, I can agree with that. I, I think well, that, okay, uh, as long as you're within the construct. Okay, let let me put it differently. For GPP, obviously, we're huh. talking about GPPs. In MLB, take take out like the one off lineups. Like it's very easy to make a bad line, but MLB by just playing like just. All one-offs, right? Yeah. Okay. Take that aside. So let's say it. Like I, I've, I've told people in, in even in our Discord that if, you, if you're new to MLB and you're like, like ah, uh, I'm still learning how to play. Said if you just built five three lineups on DraftKings, mm-hmm. uh, you you're fine. Well, when do I do five two one five one? You could do five one one. What you could. But if you're building five man stacks on DraftKings, like I, no matter what you do, like I, I'll consider those lineups to be competitive. So if you just want to build five, if you, I'm going to take two teams, put five on one, three on the other, and pick two pitchers that fit in with salary. I could, to me, that's a competitive lineup. On, on, on basketball, you you can pick lineups that are like forty points too low projected, like easily. By yeah. saying, I'm going to fade this guy. I'm going to fade this chalk guy. I'm going to play that guy. And then next thing you know, you're, you're 32 points projected lower and your ownership and you like, and your ownership is like 42% total. And it's like, like, you don't need, like, this is, this is stupid. Even but I'm like large field. It's still stupid. It's like, you don't, you don't need, don't, why are you giving up so much project? You're giving up essentially an entire slot in your lineup to the rest of the field. Like, in, but in baseball, you can almost you can even get away with that because the the range of outcomes for players is just so wide, mm-hmm. and it's so easy for anyone to just get a zero. So it's like if you're like I'm going to combine the Pirates with the Tigers and play the the over the the uh, the, the overpriced pitcher and whatever, and, like, and that lineup could win. Like I can look at that lineup and go low percentage outcome, but at least like if these two teams do well, you win. Right, even though both stacks are one percent owned, like if, like it's not out of the question for Pirates to put up twelve and the Tigers to put up fifteen, and you're sitting there with a lineup that looks hella contrarian, and it's like, well, you, you won. But in bas- in basketball, you you basketball, it's very hard. Have you ever seen in basketball a lineup on a, on a normal size slate 
where the highest, like in baseball, you can make a lineup that the highest owned player in your lineup is only 5% owned. Like you can make that lineup. In baseball, yeah. And, and, and I would look at it and go, contrarian, but if these two teams do well, yeah. you win. But yeah. in basketball, if you play a lineup where your highest owned player is 5%, I can't even see that to even be a good, when is that ever a competitive one? Right. Like it's almost impossible for you're going to be projected so low that you need a miracle to, to make up all those points and then on top of it, beat out all the other lineups. So that's what I mean. That's what I mean by in MLB. I think it's much, it's much easier to build competitive lineups. In NBA, in NBA, it's easier to build competitive lineups also, but the differences between lineups are very minimal. But it's very easy to build a bad lineup at NBA if you just like I'm just gonna I'm gonna fade all the chalky players, right? I'm gonna play all the I'm gonna fade all the players that have you know five plus expected fantasy points over salary, and then just hope to make it up elsewhere. Like you're probably not gonna win. Yeah, yeah, it's I I agree with that. I do think that um, no, I I agree with that. You you know, it it's just hard. I think, especially in NBA, when you're when you're trying to identify where you went wrong, a lot of the time you probably didn't go wrong. And and I talk about that a lot when it comes to uh, like the other like last month or so. So the models have been running really really well over at the site for like the last week and a half, and it's mostly because like the COVID stuff is done. So now we have actual samples, we have actual like teams, we have actual baselines to utilize rather than just all G leaguers, which was stupid. But like a a month ago or whatever, when we had teams, entire teams that were just completely decimated by COVID, there were no less, I think on one slate, there was like 55 players that were plus EV. So like 55. Right. And you can make any combination of many of them, right. You, you can do whatever you want. There, there is literally no wrong answer. And that kind of stuff, that doesn't happen in MLB. Like if you if you build an MLB slate, I, I think that you have to have an understanding and like a general understanding of correlation and upside and stuff like that to build good lineups. And NBA, man, it's just, it's been a really hard season, I think, to really break down if you're playing well or not. But comparing playing well versus like what your results are. Right. Because that's what, like, I, I, when I, I've been playing NBA for the past, what, two weeks? Uh, since since football, the regular season, whatever ended. Uh, and I look through and I'm like, my lineups are good. Like, I'm comparing lineups to around the, the sharper players, the winning lineups. It's like, you're I'm, I'm a 1v1 or a 2v2 away from the nuts. Yeah. Right? Like, in every, like, I got, oh, I got a landmine one in every lineup, but it's like, well, I still played a bunch of this guy, and that 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 was good. I played a bunch like it, it's easy to fill out like half your lineup, mm-hmm. and it just comes down to the variance of the other half. And then, so I'm looking at my lineups, going, "Is there anything I would have done differently?" Yeah. Other than I wish I would have had this comp. Like I look in my I, I look in my fifty lineups, and I go, "There was a chance that I had that winning lineup. It just it didn't get to get like, mm-hmm. well, I didn't have this guy and this guy together in that lineup and." You know, I came, I come in sixty uh, fourth and not first, or I come in, you know, twenty second, and not in the top five or something. And the only difference is like a difference of like nine points, and it's a stud and a different thing. Like, well, I played Luca and this guy, and that guy played Giannis and the other guy, and that was a twenty two point difference. Right. Like, well, yeah. I could have just made that lineup also. Yeah, it's hard. So I I finished this little EV calculator. Okay. Um, I put it together. It, it's not perfect because I built it in 33 minutes, but uh, I put it together for the uh, the Micro Millions opener tonight for NBA. Right, four dollar opener. I'm gonna I'm playing 150 entries because I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. Absolutely, yeah. That that's gonna be beautiful. Okay, so uh, from the start, your lineup is worth three dollars and twenty eight cents. And expected right. with, with the rate, right? Yep, and that is with a hundred thousand up top. Now. This, assuming that you are just a very average player, that you have the same chance as everybody else. Okay, right? so it, all equally skilled players, right? All equally skilled, equally players. skilled lineups, yep. all equal probability lineups. Yep, you have a three dollar and twenty eight cent expected value of your four dollar entry here. Right. If I say 
instead of 100,000 up top. And if I really wanted to do this, if I had more time to do this, but I wanted to finish on the show, I would make it so that I would calculate out the uh, the winnings if you were duped for all the payouts. But we're just right. going to say for the top, okay? Right. If you take it from 100,000 and you're duped enough to where you are only making 20,000, your ticket drops to $2.61 in expected value. Already. I mean, you've already cut 40 cents. You, you've already reduced. And you cut, you cut a third of your, you cut a third of your value. Yeah. And that's, that is, if you win $20,000, that is right. nine dupes, I think off the top of my head, something like nine. So if you get duped nine times in this contest, you've already killed 33% of your EV. If this drops down to $10,000, you're at down 253. And remember, this is because like, if I were to do this for all of the different payouts, so if you go from 10,000, the next one, I guess you'd probably split, split 2,500 down to like 1,000, down to 500. It, we're, we're just doing the top payouts here. Right. If you just split down from where it's a four-figure payout up, so for places 10th and up, if you just drop those down and cut those down, to a tenth of their value, which would be if you were splitting, say, like 14 ways or something like that, you are now at a $2.15 expected value for your ticket. So your the value of your ticket already after rake was only $3.28. If you were to split this down to where you're duped 14 or 15 times, you have cut the expected value of your ticket completely in half. Right. Completely in half. And well, how about if you do it even more than that? Okay, so yeah, let's let's do it in more now. So let's split a hundred ways. If you want to split it a hundred ways, that is likely going to be something like like a two thousand dollar payout. Two thousand dollars to first. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna do that to the first ten spots again. This is gonna be hilarious. Down to two dollars. You're down to two dollars on your four dollar ticket. Right. So half your half your value. Yep. So, I mean, like, it, don't dupe yourself. <laughs> Just don't dupe yourself. I'm going to, I'm going to put this back up to top and then we're, we're going to, we're going to play around with this a little bit. What are you playing around with? I'm making it so that I can make it very. I'm sorry. This is what I do. Just, just deal with it for a second. Okay. So if we were to cut this down now to where you have like 200 dupes. Yep. So now we're only getting a thousand to first. You're down below two dollars. You're a dollar ninety eight cents. So like obviously it's gonna be lower, right? You can just see that like it just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And it just it shows that already you're behind the eight ball, man. You've already got a ticket that's not under expected value of what you're paying for it. So you need to make sure that if you are need to make sure to win, then that's that's what they'll tell you. You need to make well, sure that if you're going to dupe 150 times, make sure you, you make sure you win. Just just don't build a line because duped 150 times, <laughs> especially if you're an average player. And that's something that we don't even really talk about that much. But if you are an average player, one, you probably don't know or care about this. Right. The, easy, the easiest way to gain expected value in these types of contests is building unique lines or building yeah. more. They don't have to be unique, be lo- lower duped lines. Yeah. Yep. Because it just, it kills your upside, man. It just absolutely decimates it, especially if you're an average player where you are building lineups that have the same chance of winning as, as everybody else. You absolutely need to be building unique lineups so that you can win the entire thing. This applies more to showdown than it does like the $4 contest tonight, but it's still, it's 118,000 entries in that $4 night. You, you might be duped. If, if there's like good chalk, you're, you're in trouble of being duped so just make sure that you're being unique on it don't play just the chalk 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 when you enter gpps and you could you could find out this and a lot of other game theory concepts in the theory of daily fantasy sports 15 hour audio dfs masterclass me and james it's like a seminar format it's like going to a seminar for two days and we teach you all the game theory concepts of playing daily fantasy sports any sport so I'll uh, go pick that up. Theoryofdfs.com. James, you're at pay dirt underscore DFS on Twitter. 
I am, and I'm also over at paydirtdfs.com. Uh, NFL season is done, but that does not mean that the train stops rolling. Still have projections for all of the esports that you could possibly need. I have projections for NBA every night. I also do a recap every single day of the projections that I run so that you guys can see that uh, the projections are good and that they're they're accurate. And um, It's like a little daily newspaper for your cabal. It is. Yeah, exactly. So the cabal can see that they've bought into something that uh, that is really going to cheat the system for them. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I post that in the Discord and on Twitter. So be on the lookout for that and uh, just get ready for baseball season. I'm, re- I'm really excited for baseball season. Right. You can always join our cabal at Roto-Grinders. Roto-Grinders.com slash premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Uh, we have an NBA slate tonight. Uh, give me those thumbs ups on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Got Grinders live later today. Crunch time for premium members for the NBA slate. And I will see you tomorrow reviewing that slate and answering your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.